Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Then, verse 7, we have another person, another sign in heaven, another another, uh, figure uh, involved. And as you will notice that as we pointed out earlier in the beginning that at, uh, when we came to the seventh trumpet in time, in chronology as far as the chronology of the book uh, of Revelation, we got to the end we got to the coming of Christ we got to the kingdom when the kingdoms of this world had become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ and yet when we start with chapter 12 we go back we, we go back in time we go back to the to the very selection of God with the Jewish nation in history, and from that point, chapter twelve brings us in high spots, in highlights, down and now uh, we're come, uh, we have uh, uh, come to the point in time when Christ was born, time he ascended to heaven, and now then, here is a scene. When did this scene occur? Did this scene occur when, uh, uh, when, uh, sometime before, uh, God created the world with reference to Satan, uh, about him being cast out into the world and earth and so on? But first we, we have the, the warfare between Michael, uh, and his angels and, and the dragon and his angels. Uh, verse 7 says, and there was war in heaven. Now, uh, this is a different expression from uh, verse 1. Uh, here, undoubtedly, we're in the actual presence of the throne room of God that is seen in chapter 4 and chapter 5 of the book. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought, and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. Now that's there was no place found any more for Michael. I mean for dragon, the dragon and his angels. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, again you have a proleptic announcement. You have announcement of something that's uh, yet future, but announced as past. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come, Salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Uh, Satan 
as the scriptures, as the second chapter of Job, uh, uh, leads us to believe that had access to the very, uh, in the very presence of God, and he was the spokesman, the representative, uh, the lawyer, the one who uh, did the accusing for his angels against uh, the children of God. And uh, but this, uh, but these verses tells us of that war. It tells us that the dragon was cast out. Now, in uh, in these visions. Of course, uh, there is no such thing as uh, when anything represented symbolically uh, throughout the book uh, is not subject to time. I mean, there's no, it's not chron- uh, chronology or order of events or the time element. Uh, just when did this happen? Why well, it doesn't say. That's, that's not the purpose. It's never included in the purpose in Revelation. Uh, it tells you. Uh, God uh, gives John these visions, permits him to see, and he sees it all. It's uh, many things are are explained to him, interpreted to him, but always without uh, the absence of time. The point of time uh, is unrevealed, and uh, so uh, that causes us to ask: When did this occur? Did uh, now? People tell us, and there are all sorts of them, uh, say this refers to Isaiah 14, and Isaiah 14 in turn refers to a period of time beyond uh, the creation, uh, beyond the, the uh, what is the creation as we now have it, because they think that there was a, a prior world to the one uh, which we lived, and that the glacier age, all of these thousands and millions of years, uh, are back in that uh, time past, and and the reason for the judgment upon the earth, the uh, the original creation, as it is called, you know, in Genesis, uh, the the word says it uh, became void. Uh, God didn't create it; it uh, wasn't uh, uh, in His act of creation void, but it became void. And on the basis of that verb, and Isaiah 14, and also Ezekiel, they uh, have a, a reference to uh, Satan. Uh, they think, under Lucifer, of course, the morning star, that he was uh, God's highest, greatest, uh, most noble creature among the heavenly hosts. Uh, but that it was, uh, but that through his will to be like God and to be even greater than God, uh, that that was his sin. That's what produced his fall, and he was cast out of heaven. And that this passage here refers to that period of time. Um, but of course, that's strictly interpretation. And uh, but uh, the fact that Satan was cast out is fact. The fact that uh, that he had access to heaven is true, uh, but now uh, there are three stages. The Bible. No room argument there is another thing. Huh? Not really no room for argument about Satan at one time. Oh no, no, not if a man believes the word. That's what I'm saying. All right, for, uh, all right let me give you three falls. There's three stages in the fall of uh, the casting out of Satan. 
The Bible reveals that he was cast out of heaven to the earth. 12.9, verse 9 of this, uh, of this chapter. Alright, now that's from heaven to earth. The second, uh, uh, fall, the second period of the uh, casting out of Satan will be from the earth to the abyss. Uh, Revelation 20, verse 2. The final and third stage of, of Satan's uh, casting is that after uh, the loosing, he will be cast into the lake of fire. Now, the abyss and the lake of fire are two different things. The abyss is the abode of uh, the dragon, Satan, and his angels. Uh, that's, uh, uh, that's, uh, one. now, the access, the heaven, the, the atmospheric heavens are subject, uh, to Satan. That's his fear. He's the prince and power and ruler of the air. Uh, Michael was hindered, uh, by Satan. Satan's a great hinderer. Satan there, he's a slanderer, he's a hinderer, he's a, uh, he's an imitator. Uh, and uh, uh, he's uh, uh, a tempter, seducer. Now, uh, in this uh, in this passage, it says that he was cast out. Uh, that uh, uh, that he, which deceived the whole, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, Jude tells us about it. Second Peter tells us about. It. Uh, fallen angels, their abode, the place of it. Now, some people uh, interpret, and there there is room for argument with reference to uh, to this point, uh, <clears throat> with reference to Noah's day, the flood, that uh, the, when the sons of God married the daughters of men. See, now you'll find uh, great and godly and sober, uh, devout. Uh, teachers of God's word that believe that the sons of God there represents fallen angels who uh, uh, ursa and exercise the authority and the power to become man uh, and married the women. And of course uh, uh, Pember was a great advocate of that. Uh, James M. Gray was a Great believer in that theory, and uh, and many many others. But now, uh, certainly, uh, Ephesians two two and Ephesians six eleven uh, tell about the uh, the ministry of the angelic ministry. Romans eight, when when Paul would uh, assure God's people that nothing could separate us from the love of God, he mentions principalities, angels and principalities. Well, the angels and principalities that he mentioned were, the, in the, uh, were referring to the domain of Satan and his angels, because certainly the, the uh, God's angels, uh, good angels, the angels of God are Ministering spirits to God's people, uh, and they wouldn't. 
they wouldn't uh, uh, seek uh, the separation of the saint from the Savior. But instead, they would, uh, if there was any such possibility, which there is none and which Paul was establishing, uh, but if there was one, this angels would be on God's side and on the side of the saint to keep it so that none could pluck them out of his hand. Well, uh, verse 10, he says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation. I'm not talking about regeneration of some individual or some groups of individuals on the earth, but now is come the time of deliverance, the, the, the general uh, uh, salvation. Uh, that actually it's a time uh, they're predicting and referring to the time when God is going to assume His power. Christ is going to assume His power, and then and all things will be righted. Here you have uh, a, re- a hint of the restoration of this earth. Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Now heretofore, up to this time, he had, if this passage means anything at all, it shows us that he had access to heaven and that his whole time was spent in false accusations against the people of God. And brother, that's the, that's one of the most effective weapons that Satan has today. And it's still effective. Although he's cast out, he's not pinned in the bottomless, in the lake of fire. Until he gets to the lake of fire, this third stage, uh, of his judgment upon Satan, uh, we're going to, uh, experience what Peter had to tell us. That he is a, uh, he's a roaring lion. Going about, not dangling his chain, but he but his going about was as uh, was as far as he wanted to go, except to hit, do what he wanted to and hit. He couldn't go back there. Now, for uh, verse eleven says, and they, talking about God's children, and they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. Now, the basis of it is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a testimony of it, because they love not their lives unto death. Now, uh, they testify, they uh, there's three things you'll note there. The blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, the faithfulness of the children of God, and then you'll notice their settled, reserved uh, attitude. They love not their souls unto death. Their souls, their lives unto death. Now, whenever, uh, God, whenever God's ministers... Uh, emphasize uh, what the Lord uh, emphasized about taking up his cross 
daily and following him, you know. Why, the, the evangelical movement from these great rallies and great standpoints, uh, they wouldn't, you wouldn't see on television, uh, aisles, uh, people filling aisles walking down to the front. If they were forewarned that, uh, uh, the, uh, that what it means to follow Christ was mean to die on a cross. Because that was the only purpose for taking up a cross. There's no, uh, the cross is not a burden. When Jesus said, uh, talk about, uh, uh, a yoke. Now, a yoke was, uh, put upon an ox in order for that ox to bear a burden, to pull a burden. The yoke itself was no burden. Uh, but the cross, when Jesus said, except you take my cross and follow me, see. Why, uh, and there was the willingness, and a man, a person had to have the willingness to die for the Lord Jesus. And because that's what it's going to mean. And it's, that's what it's going to mean to, and what it has meant to many martyrs. Uh, and when we get to the 13th chapter, we'll try to review a little uh, of, of that part of history. Alright, uh, Verse 12, Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Now notice, heavens rejoicing. It's a time of rejoicing in heaven. But on earth, it's a time of misery. It's a time of woe. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. And of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Now, heaven's rejoicing because uh, they're through with him and his angels. Now, I know you find a lot of people that say, well, now, I, I don't believe Satan was ever up there. He, uh, any of the angels were up there. But I can't, I can't understand, uh, this portion without believing that. But now, uh, the earth is going to, uh, is going to receive a greater, uh, a sorrow and a greater woes and greater troubles because of this, uh, this fact. For verse 13 tells us, and when dragon saw that he was cast out onto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. No longer persecuted the child. He's cast out. He, he, he waged his battle in heaven. He waged his war in heaven. And he lost. Michael was the angel. Not the Lord Jesus. It was Michael and his angel that fought against him. And Michael won the contest according uh, to verse 7 and Eighty-nine, you see. All right. And when the dragon saw that it was cast down to the earth, that's the first casting, and we notice that the other in, in twenty Revelation 22, he's cast from the earth to the abyss, and then uh, from uh, uh, the earth again to the lake of fire in chapter 20, verse 10. But now in verse 14, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, 
that she might fly into the wilderness for a time, times a half a time, from the face of the serpent. Now, in the temptation of our Lord by Satan, you have uh, uh, you have three uh, descriptions of Satan. He's the dragon, he's Satan, and he's the tempter. He's the serpent. Uh, so, uh, in Matthew 4, 1, 2, and 4, 5, and 6, and 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 in Luke also. Well, uh, now, the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness. Well, now, this woman, whoever she may be, uh, uh, she didn't receive two literal wings like eagle's wings and flap them and, and uh, make it to the woods or to the wilderness. But uh, this is simply an expression of God's divine providence that God himself provides for uh, his people. Uh, the reference when uh, in the 19th chapter of Exodus uh, when God appeared to Moses God spoke to him and he said, now you tell him, you remind the children of Israel. And he said, now you uh, make note of this fact, that uh, that uh, that I bore them uh, on eagle's wings. Uh, see, in other words, he that God and God alone delivered him from Egypt. God and God only was due the credit for uh, the Israelites coming out of Egyptian bondage. And then when uh, Moses, uh, in his farewell addresses to the children of Israel, and, and uh, with reference to his own uh, sons, he referred to uh, Jacob, you know, and says that God, uh, just as a eagle stirreth up her nest, you know, and, and as she casts them down and dies under them, catches them, teaching them to fly and so on, just as the, the eagle protects and provides and looks out for its own. So did God, has God looked after Jacob, Israel, us. He reminded that, that God found Jacob in a waste house and wilderness. And that he has led him, he's kept him as, a, as just the apple of his eye. Which is a uh, which, by this expression, God gave to the woman uh, the two wings of eagle. In other words, God's providence is over this woman. She, God is uh, going to uh, to see to it. Now, is it, is it, huh? is that the hand of God? Or yes, God? actually. Now, I can't prove this because it's as solid as a tomb here, and yet it's just as it is much a truth as as it is in history of it. Now, when Jesus was born. Jesus was born, of course, of the Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary was of the, the Jewish race. But after Jesus was born, uh, there's no such thing as the Jewish race and somebody else, the Gentile. See? That is, as far as the family of God is concerned. So up to this point, my own personal opinion is that this uh, we're to interpret, we're to follow the woman, as uh, the faithful of Israel, through whom God, uh, uh, God's providence brought uh, 
to uh, to realization his promises concerning his son coming into the world. Then when his son came into the world, even though Revelation says nothing about his ministry and about him conquering and about uh, his uh, uh, resurrection, it does speak of his uh, ascension, catching him back to heaven. See, All right. From that point on, we are to view uh, the, uh, the the woman as in the providence of God. See, as the church of God, as the saints of God, as God's people. And now when uh, he, he's going to use in the next verse, in verse 15, the serpent cast out his mouth, water as a flood, after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Well, those who uh, love church history uh, love to go to this passage uh, in the tracing of uh, uh, what is known as church succession. Uh, and they uh, go, uh, they take great uh, delight there and, and justify the soul. Uh, but in Laodicea, in Asia Minor, the portion which was only just a short distance from uh, from Ephesus, where John um, uh, made his, uh, spent a long portion of his life, and where he was uh, out from Ephesus on the Isle of Patmos when he received this vision, there was a uh, a river and that they claimed a long time the riverbed by they could see follow the river and then directly they'd go down in a sinkhole and it'd run for, uh, for long distances and then the water would surface again same river but for a while it couldn't be seen see and they liken historians liken that to uh, the faithful in Christ uh, and God uh, preparing a place for them, preserving them, even as the earth opened up, a uh, literal earth opened up to receive the natural waters that, uh, that flow through the mountains down to the, uh, to the Aegean Sea. Why, just so in the providence of God. Now, when this serpent cast out of his mouth water, see, well, what it was had to be threatenings, it's certainly not uh, uh, literal water. It's a sign of uh, 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 that uh, of Satan's endless purpose of uh, 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 persecuting the children of God, and he's uh, he's now realized that he's on earth. He's now realizing that he's confined. That he has been uh, to some degree uh, chained, and I don't mind using that expression. It's not that he, uh, that, uh, you know, when when the uh, uh, 70 came back to Jesus, Jesus told them uh, uh, they, they were rejoicing because they, they saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And, uh, well, now, uh, there's a binding, there's certainly in a sense that uh, Satan is bound uh, and was so at the uh, crucifixion of Christ. For that's the basis of the, the, the death of Satan, the, the, uh, the putting to death, the bruising his head. Okay? Uh, finds it 
in in the cross. Uh, but uh, there is uh, the day yet to come when this third installment, so to speak, uh, and people laugh at us. Uh, a lot of our men's make make a lot of fun of me because I say Satan has uh, got a threefold uh, a judgment upon him, and that uh, he's just now suffering his first. Uh, and of course, they want to uh, tell me that well, Satan's bound. He's bound just as much as he'll ever be bound. Well, I don't believe that. Uh, now, uh, if he has, he's got a he's got an unlimited chain, so to speak, as far as the as the people on earth is concerned. But uh, but it's certainly true that uh, and they use the uh, the uh, incident about the Gadareans. Uh, that a man, uh, before he can enter a strong man's domain, he's got to be stronger than that man or else he couldn't spoil his goods, you see. All right. Uh, of course, that is uh, nothing more than uh, the inherent power of deity, which always resided in Christ, even as an infant. Uh, but that power and that authority was used... Uh, at the will of God, at the will of the Lord Jesus. His will, the Father was always saying there were never any two. Jesus didn't have to ask permission to exercise it. He knew all about it. But he didn't use it all the time. But the day is coming when the binding of Satan uh, uh, is, is going to be uh, uh, what, what you might say total. Why? Because the day is coming when he would deceive the nations no more. Now that day's come. It's certainly nations are being deceived today. I'm not talking about there's children of God being deceived today. Now they're not deceived about certain some things, but but they're deceived in a lot of things today. And yet the time is coming when Satan is bound that the nations will not be deceived. So uh, I, I'm waiting for that third, uh, that, that, that third installment to be, to take place. The third binding. The casting of Satan into the lake of fire. Which brought rejoicing to heaven. It brought woe upon the earth. But to every child of God, uh, he, he's, he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a right to rejoice because Satan has been cast into the lake of fire. All right? The serpent cast out of mouth water as a flood after the woman. In other words, just this is an emblem, this is a picture showing the insurmountable, the almost inexhaustible supplies that Satan has. Because you notice he's listed over here as seven, having having upon his head uh, a crown, you know, seven, uh, uh, what was uh, which means, well, when we get to when uh, when we get to the thirteenth uh, chapter, we we see the crowns all about it, and uh, in verse three, where he says, "Having seven heads and ten crown, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head." Well, now then, that shows you that he's almost perfect, seven complete. He just got a complete supply of tricks uh, for the children of God. And that's who he's after. All right. Uh, verse uh, 16 says, The earth helped 
the woman. Now the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Now, it didn't say the inhabitants of the earth. It didn't say the uh, uh, the children of God. It didn't say the brethren. But the earth helped. And uh, this old earth is going to uh, come into uh, into this day when verse 18 is rewarded. There's uh, This earth is not going to be left out. For Peter tells us that this present earth, it's waiting, it's groaning, it's, as Paul said, uh, but it's uh, waiting uh, for that day to come when it'll be dissolved and melt with fervent heat when the elements of this atmospheric heavens pass away. Why? Because uh, Peter was waiting and uh, knowing that these things would pass away, but he was resting in the hope and the assurance and anticipating the day when there would be a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. In other words, wherein dwelleth nothing but righteousness. That's what he was after. That's what he was saying, and that's what will dwell there. Because this old earth is going to be rewarded. It's going to undergo changes. Alright, then verse 17, And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. That is the rest of them. Which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, if uh, if you didn't have any other verse, if these other verses were limited or restricted to Israelites only, then this verse would also include the other sheep I have that are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. It would make uh, Revelation 7:14 to 19 a reality, which he said, uh, which depicts that great multitude that no man could number, out of every tribe and tongue and kindred. See, other the rest of her seed, not a, not just a, a, a remnant, as this word is used sometimes, refers to a select group within a select group. But this is the balance. This is the sum total. Jew, Gentile, and it's uh, depicted them uh, scattered like you'd, you'd say as the, as the Old Testament refers to it as the isles of the sea. Unknown, hitherto undiscovered or un, uh, 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 developed at least countries, territories. Right. And the dragon was wroth with a woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God. Now, Satan's not going to bother churches that, uh, that don't uh, uh, preach Christ and preach the sufficiency of Christ. Well, Satan will join hands with, with lots of them. That's his greatest buddies. The churches, with his, uh, uh, many of them are his greatest friends greatest allies. 
But uh, what Satan uh, will attack, and it'll never be until the time comes when there will be a, a, a line drawn whether is this church faithful or is it unfaithful. See, in other words, the day is coming when to to uh, say that you are a child of God, to believe or to worship God, is the same as putting your life on the line. That day's coming. To somebody. And, uh, well, are you saying it has been that way in the past? Yes, it has. Yeah, that's right. To a certain degree, yes. Uh-huh. We'll Absolutely. Be, we'll and we'll be, be more severe in the future. Absolutely. That's right. Uh, and, and in the meantime, being that we live in a time when it's not that way, there's just a lot of laziness and you don't know really who's who. Is that what we're That's right. Have? There's no death there. Satan's at home in the churches. He's asleep there. He's 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 got all he wants. He he never had it so good. Best place he's found since he's cast out of heaven is in the pulpit and the pew of of, of many churches. Yes, sir. But when the time comes, now, and we're gonna we're gonna see some uh, little evidences now. I don't. Uh, get me to say it, I'm saying, oh, this will be here, so-and-so. But uh, as a result, and you mark my word, as a result of this Guyana affair, you're going to find the government uh, being uh, 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 active and operative as investigators and uh, visitors quietly in churches and home to, if they don't know who you are and see who you are. It's, it's not going to involve uh, Methodist Church. It's not going to involve the Presbyterians. It's not won't involve the Episcopalians. It won't involve Baptists, Southern Baptists, Northern Baptists, American Baptists. It won't involve people like that. It won't. It won't involve the Catholic Church. Then uh, they, they'll take that for granted. See, there it is. As far as Satan is concerned. And as far as these would be investigators. But what are they going to investigate? They're going to investigate local, to them unknown. Well, who are they aligned with? Oh, if they're not aligned with somebody, well, then, well, uh, they gonna, they'll investigate whether or not, you know, if there's any element of uh, 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 what they might consider lawlessness there, you see. Undercover activity. And uh, there's no question uh as far as violation of laws, when a church violates a law, it's just as guilty and, and should come under the scrutiny of government just as much so if it was a bootleg. And, uh, and, and that's exactly what was practiced, apparently, in, by Jim Jones's outfit and this Mooney business. Uh, the Moonites uh, uh, are, are along the same line. Now, we've got other... Uh, religious bodies, and the Seventh-day Adventist is one of the bodies, the Mormons another, Jehovah's Witness another. They're groups of people that thrive on trying to uh, stir up trouble with the government. They want the government to get on them. They try to agitate them and talk about the government and say that it's harassing them and so forth and so on. That, that, that's a thing that uh, that makes them, or oh, gives them publicity. They live as though they, uh, they think now 
they're laboring under the fact that, they, uh, that because they observe the Sabbath, why, the government's down on them. See? And uh, they, they, they think that they can't, uh, uh, want, uh, the day's coming soon for them, they say, when they'll not be able to hold church services because they uh, believe in keeping Saturday as a Sabbath. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.